0: And welcome back to the Western Oregon University Theatre Department podcast. This is Kenzie Moore and Sarah Pitts as your host. Today we will be diving into what it's like to be a professional in the performing arts industry with Chris Roberts as our guest. Chris is currently in the off-Broadway revival of Little Shop of Horrors as Ronette and dance captain She has been seen on Broadway in Beautiful, the Carol King musical as a swing, and was in the national tours of Beautiful as Swing and Fang the musical as Carmen Diaz. Other shows include Once on this Island, Dream Girls, Sister Act, Ain't Misbehavin' and Lead Singer slash Vocal Captain on Royal Caribbean Ships. She is a member of the Tony Honored Broadway Inspirational Voices Choir, an alum of NYU Tisch, and is signed to Daniel Hoff Agency. For more info, visit www.chrisroberts.net and follow on Instagram at chrisroberts22. Hi Chris, how you doing? Good, glad to be here. Awesome, well let's just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, where you're based and how long you've been involved in the performing arts and anything else you'd like us to know.
1: I am in New York City. I'm in New York City right now. Um, I have lived in New York City for 14 years. Um, So I went to New York York University, NYU, um, Tish. And so I have been doing this professionally in New York for about 12 years.
0: And how have you developed your career?
1: So I started out in Virginia at a performing arts high school, and then I went to NYU. I've done a lot of uh, theme parks and cruise ships and regional theater. So I started out at Hershey Park. I also have worked at Disney World. I've worked at Busch Gardens in Virginia. And then I did four years on Royal Caribbean cruise ships. So that was really cool. And I have toured the country on a non-equity tour of fame. And I have toured the country on an equity tour um, of Beautiful. I made my Broadway debut in Beautiful, the Carol King musical. And I am currently, before the pandemic hit, um, in Little Shop of Horrors off-Broadway right now.
0: So before the pandemic hit, what were some of your show rituals? Well, I was
1: the original cast of this Little Shop um, revival as the swing, or as the understudy to all of the urchins and the dance captain. So funnily enough, about one week before the pandemic hit, I actually moved from being the understudy to being into the role of Ronette, the urchin. So I had a permanent onstage role, and then the pandemic hit a week later, um... (laughs) She got so one I was week. right <laughs> I had one week so it was actually kind of new for me because I had gone from being a swing which is if you don't know what a swing is um, it is a member of the ensemble or an offstage swing who covers multiple parts in the show so I covered all three of the urchins and that meant that at any point in time I could be Called to, to to go on for them, and very often, and I was also swing in beautiful on Broadway as well, so I had a lot of experience with this. But um, very often, I won't know if I'm going on that day when I wake up in the morning. I don't know if I'm going to um, be on stage that night. Sometimes I get an hour's notice. Sometimes I get, you know half an hour notice at places when I sign in and they say, Chris, you're on today. <laughs> so it was hard to have a a getting ready ritual because my every day was different. I didn't know, you know, each day I could either be one of the three urchins or I could be not in the show. Um, in Little Shop, I... Was part of the ensemble in that I sang off stage for the entirety of the show. So I did have to be there for the beginning and I had to be there every night. But then I would stay backstage for the rest of the show. When I am doing a show, I like to do a vocal warm up uh, during the day at home while I'm getting ready. And then when I get to the theater, I like to do a stretch, a full body stretch, and just kind of calm my mind and get ready while I'm doing my makeup.
0: (laughs) And uh, can you explain a little bit how the audition process was for booking your first gig? My first gig? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which gig? (laughs) You mean like a Broadway show or Um, like a
1: theme park show? You decide. Anything. Well, I will say, let me see. And I've had so many different interesting um, audition stories. I'll tell you how I got three gigs. When I was working for Royal Caribbean Cruise, they used to have uh, the show Hairspray on, on, on board. And I really wanted to be part of Hairspray. So I sent in an audition video for them saying, here I am, here's, you know, uh, I think it was just a video of me doing my thing. And I never heard a response. About a year later, they were having an open call in New York. And I was like, well, might as well go in. I went in, and before I even started, the casting director was like, Hi, Chris, I know exactly who you are. And I was like, You do? And he was like, Yeah, I watched your video. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like, they actually watch. (laughs) And so he knew who I was. I sang. I didn't hear anything. I still wanted to be in hairspray nothing happened. And I was like, yeah, oh, well. I actually ended up booking another show. And six months later, I I got a call from them. And they were like, Chris, you're going on a cruise. Like, you're leaving in three weeks. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And it actually – Overlapped the other uh, contract, like they were going to start on the exact same day. So I had to oh, no. turn down the other contract. Um, but that was a regional show, which ironically was Hairspray. Oh, my <laughs> but, <God. laughs> um, but I was not cast in Hairspray on Royal Caribbean. They wanted me to be in their review shows on uh, one of their other ships. So it was very interesting that I thought I was going in for one show and then you know, a year, a year and a half later, they called me, they kept me on record and then they wanted me for a different show. So that was how I got my first cruise ship gig. When I got my first Broadway gig, it was actually somewhat similar. Now that I think about it, I went in for beautiful. They had, you know, an open call. I went in, I auditioned and heard nothing. Sometime later I got a An audition appointment for Beautiful, but I couldn't go because I was on a ship. (laughs) So I was like, oh, shucks, like, too bad. Sometime later after that, I got another audition appointment for Beautiful. There was another opening. I went and I just knew, I just knew that I was going to book it. It was my dream role. I felt so excited, so ready. I just had this feeling that I was going to book it. I went in there, I did my sides. And everything fell apart. (laughs) I was so nervous that, I mean, when I was singing, I went sharp. I forgot my lines. I, you know, when I was dancing, I went too hard. Like it was, it was a mess. Mm -hmm. And at the time it was, it was a private appointment. So they were calling back, um, girls right then to like stay for the next portion. And I was not called. Um, so I left in tears. I remember going to my best friend, just sobbing. I was like, this was supposed to be my moment. But I actually went on to book my first tour fame where I was the lead. And that was an incredible, incredible experience. Then when I got back from fame, three weeks later, I was like, I don't know. What I'm going to do now, (laughs) three weeks later, I got another appointment for Beautiful. They uh, had another opening, this time for the tour, not for Broadway. And this time it was for the swing and not for the role that I wanted. So I kind of went in there like, "Eh, well, you know, I don't really want to be the swing or I wanted to be on Broadway. So I I wasn't thinking about it so hard and I wasn't as nervous. And I went in and I'd already knew the material because I'd already done it. And I just, you know, did my best. And literally the next day they call me and they're like, you booked it. And I was like, Oh, look at that. <laughs> so what it really taught me was that when I really, really, really want something, you know, I get so nervous and I'm pushing for it and it, it, you have to really be relaxed. So it's like kind of counterintuitive, but you know, they're like, Oh, you just have to like tell yourself you don't want it. (laughs) So I think that's really what was able, I was able to calm myself and not put so much pressure on myself. And so I booked, um, beautiful on tour. And after I was on tour for six months, they told me that a role was opening up on Broadway and they wanted me to audition for it. And, um, I auditioned for it and I was like, I got this, I know exactly what I'm doing, I know this is gonna happen. And then I didn't get it. (laughs) And I was like, oh no, I was devastated because I was like, I really thought this was gonna happen. And I went to my agent and I was like, what like, uh, why didn't anybody tell me, you know, that I didn't get it? I had to find out from someone else, whatever. I was so upset. And he was like, well, there's some things happening that you don't know about. And I was like, okay, cryptic. (laughs) So, um, a couple weeks later, they actually told me that I was going to make my Broadway debut instead of in the role that I thought I was going for a swing role also opened up. And so they moved me from the tour to Broadway. So it's just kind of like, you never know when things are going to happen and things don't happen the way that you think they're going to happen. Like a lot of times you think you're going in for an audition for this part. And if you, you either are going to get it or you're not going to get it. But in both of those instances, you know, I auditioned for something and it wasn't until a year, year and a half later that I actually saw the fruits of my labor. And you have to realize that the casting directors, they're not going to forget who you are. They do keep lists. That's their job. And they do see you and you may not be the right fit at the right time, but they will, you know they will keep advocating for you if they see talent. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little tricky. It's a little roundabout, but uh,
0: it worked out. And during the pandemic, I, I know things have shifted quite a lot for the theater community. How have you been keeping up with your artistry and, you know, keeping your love of the arts alive throughout this pandemic? Yeah, it's
1: been... Really interesting. Um, I am very lucky that my show, Little Shop of Horrors, um, they are committed to staying open. Um, I am also part of a group called the Broadway Inspirational Voices. It is a choir of professional uh, Broadway actors and singers. And we, we actually have an honorary Tony Award that we won last year. And So I've done a lot of projects with them. We've made some music videos. I think at the beginning of the pandemic, um, I was contacted by the music director of beautiful and he got together everybody who had been a part of beautiful and we made, and I think that it was actually the first, I, I, I don't quote me on this, but I think it was like the first one of those like cool music videos that everybody put together. And I think, um, we were probably the first to do that in march and you know we kind of like started the trend of everybody of shows making these music videos of people you know singing along to a song online so that was a fun project to do with beautiful we've been doing a lot of that with biv And BIV has actually kept their programs going. We have done them for a program called Songs in the Key of Me, which is for uh, children at the Ronald McDonald House with illnesses. We actually just shot a music video uh, in person this past weekend, which was the first time that I've done something in person. So that was exciting. (laughs) So I've been keeping up with a bunch of projects you know, podcasts like this. People ask for interviews. I've done a few Q&As and masterclasses. So it's just like, there's just been some opportunities coming through every so often. And it's really a great way to stay connected to the community.
0: That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And why is theater important to you? Why is theater important
1: to me? Because it's everything. I mean, (laughs) I just I don't really know a life of uh, without theater. I've been into theater since I was very very little. I mean, I started dancing when I was five years old. I remember being at daycare and we did a production production <laughs> of uh, the Billy Goat Scruff, the three goat three goats whatever, and I was the troll. <laughs> Oh, this is really funny. Actually, as I'm talking to you, I just got a notification and it says gig in the in the title. Uh, <laughs> Somebody's yeah. just asking me for a gig. Okay. <laughs> um, so maybe you're a good omen. Um, I, I mean, ever since I was little, I just used to perform and I was such a ham on stage and just everything has pointed me towards theater. I used to do community theater when I was younger throughout middle school, high school, professionally. And I just don't know a world without it. So, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of people and a lot of my peers during this time have really lost hope and their motivation. And they're thinking, well, you know, Broadway's never coming back or, you know, no point in living in New York anymore. And I just don't see it that way. I just don't. I I know that no matter what, there will always be theater and there will always be performance in whatever way possible. And I am going to be here to see it and to make it and to create it and to support it. And I just, I, I just can't lose hope. It's just not possible for me. I, tend to be an optimist about these things, but it's just part of who I am. And I think it's part of New York. And I think it's just part of society as a whole. The arts is really important.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. We really enjoyed speaking with you and uh, we look forward to hearing more about you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And other news, Stars in the House, the daily live stream concert series created by Playbill Correspondent and serious XM Broadway host, Seth Rudetsky and producer, James Wesley, will reunite cast members from the 2001 Tony-winning musical, The Producers, April 17th. Guests will include Tony-winning stars, Matthew Broderick, Nathan Lane, Katie Huffman, and Roger Bart, Tony nominee, Brad Oscar, and Tony-winning director, choreographer, Susan Stroman. The artist will commemorate the 20th anniversary of the Broadway premiere of the Mel Brooks Thomas Meehan musical with an evening of backstage stories and music. The stream will be available beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time that night. The link for the stream will be in our podcast episode description, so be sure to check that out. To find more information about our theater department, you can go to wou.edu slash theater with an r e dash dance slash tune in every monday for a new episode catch you next week. week